Welcome to the first episode of the renewed, refreshed, recycled Hot Out Hoops podcast. We're back after a few years. Um, my name is Surya Fernandez. I got fellow Hot Out Hoops writers Matt Hannafan and Brandon DePerno here with us. And we're going to be discussing the season and the preseason's underway. We only have a week left for regular season to start. How excited are you guys about it? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, another season of Heat basketball. Hopefully a nice long season, maybe a little longer than last year. Uh, but can't wait for it to get underway. Matt, how about you, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to get that sour, whatever taste it was out of my mouth from game seven. Um, uh, this year is a, this year is an interesting time of year for me because it's like MLB postseason's getting underway. Um, I'm big into that. And then, of course, the NFL season's currently in full swing. So then, like, all of that combined with heat basketball coming up at the same time, like, my brain's in 17 different places. But um, I, I'm so ready for this heat season. Um, and I'm sure we'll be talking about some of the off-season moves or lack thereof off-season moves, plus the preseason, plus everything else that's gone on. But I'm just so ready to have this back in my life after uh, what happened uh, in May. And I think it was June too. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. It's it's glad to have all this stuff back, but I'm I'm definitely ready. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we had I, I I did. I had a sleepless night after that Jimmy Butler three because yep. it's like, oh, just what if? What if? You know, just an inch or two. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it it's it's maddening uh, because it will always be the history will always say that the Celtics beat the Heat and they had to have been the best team in the east for that to happen and i think it's actually the opposite that the celtics escaped beating the heat by by one by what by one three-pointer and that's with the heat hobbled the way they were i know the celtics weren't 100 percent either you know but if mm -hmm. all things were equal what if what if you know that that we could always play that game every season right um right. and it uh, makes it all some... frustrating that they won three in miami I know. I think three straight home games there. And that's like, it's hard to win a series when that happens. But like, again, Miami became one shot essentially away. I mean, the end of fact, I can't remember how much they were down, but like just the fact that they made that comeback in that short amount of time was like remarkable in and of itself. But right. yeah, just what if that Jimmy three went in? What if Max's foot wasn't on the line? Like just little, little stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah. We could do a whole podcast on just that. We could. Just that. <laughs> right. <laughs> just breaking that down, the minutia of that right. and how, how it all unfolded. But it was an exciting series. Uh, it was, um, you know, not certain. I mean, it was certain parts of the offseason for the Heat were exciting because you didn't know if all of a sudden some superstar was going to walk in. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, that didn't happen. Uh, but I think the Heat did get some interesting additions. Um and, and speaking of the two-way contracts and, and all these new guys coming in, uh, we did get an injury update. Um, Marcus Garrett has been injured. He's going to be out for four weeks. He has a fractured uh, right wrist. So who knows if, you know, these two-way contracts with injured players, they could easily swap them out for someone else. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you guys is, and I think there's one clear, clear answer here, but has anyone else stuck out with you? Uh, with the preseason, I'm thinking of one person in particular, maybe two. But what do you guys think? Who who stood out for you in the preseason? I'll let Matt start this one off because. Uh, oh, you're gonna yeah, I see because I have a few different players in mind. I know the one that's sticking out to everyone, but I, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go with Nikola Jovic. Um, yeah, 
He stuck out to me because when I watched him in the summer, I mean, of course, when I watched film of him in Europe and then when I watched him um, in the summer league, he looks a lot more fluid now than he did then. And of course, when you're coming over from Europe, it's a different game. It's a different style. He was playing a different position when he was in Europe. And then when it came over to summer league, he wasn't getting as many touches. I mean, yeah, I think he had that one like 25 point game against Golden State in the summer league. Right. But like when it came to like, I don't think Mulder or Javante Smart or Miami's other guards, like there were just games where you'd walk away. It's like, okay, he only had like a few touches. He only had a few shots. Like, what am I really supposed to take away from this? And then again, when it's summer league, you want to see those rookies kind of blossom in the environment that they're in. And of course, when it's a different pace, you're trying to get used, you're trying to get acclimated to everyone because these are all new guys you're teaming up with. It was a little bit like, okay, like what exactly am I getting here from Jovic when, who's not getting all these touches like some of these other rookies, like again, using like an extreme example, like Paulo in the couple games that he played or like Jabari or something, someone like that. I mean, those guys are top picks, but Jovic, like I was expecting a little bit more and it wasn't always at the fault of him. Um, Cause again, I don't think he was getting as many touches in order. He wasn't getting set up like he probably should have been in the summer league, or at least the, at least set up in the way that fans wanted him to be. Right. Um, Except for so that one game he, where he looked, he looked comfortable in that one game. Right. Right. Yeah. And so when watching him in summer league, like I've been super impressed with like his vision and his, like his playmaking ability. And like, I mean, his shot, for example, his shots been going, I don't know the percentages um, right now off the top of my head, but like, he just he looks more fluid. I'm gonna hammer it home as many times I'm on this podcast, but uh his defensive ability is I think better than like the pre-draft comparisons made it out to be. And of course, again, we're I'm saying this is the fact that it's preseason. And so when you go up against NBA caliber forwards and centers in the regular season, it's obviously gonna be different than when you're going up against like players in the preseason, some of whom are trying to scratch for minutes, but um I've been super impressed with like just his fluidity and how he's moved around. Like that's what I'm, that's what I've taken away most. And especially like his defensive ability, like in the drop, I don't think he's, I don't think he's operated in space a whole lot in the switch, but um, I've just been really like impressed with him. Like it's not, he's not forcing anything. He's making sound reads when he's passing the ball, when he's playmaking, when he has the ball in his hands. And I think when we suppose talked about it a little bit in post game, how, um, how it's been like an entirely new transition for him. And I think he's only going to grow once he gets more acclimated to the pace, the system um, and the position that he plays. Definitely. I mean, he just what graduated high school. He just turned uh, 19 uh, a couple of months has ago. Has he graduated high school yet? Yeah, like, he has exam. He's still in high school. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Has, he still has yeah. an exam, like, which is, it, I mean, it's, it, it makes for like funny jokes, but at the same time, like you think about it, it's like, okay, this is like a little crazy. Like he hasn't even like if you just say that out loud, like, yeah, an NBA player hasn't graduated high school yet. And he's still like balling up dudes and in preseason, albeit, but like he's still but still. Yeah, still. And I think he started playing yeah. basketball at 13. Yeah. So, I mean, he's come a long way. He's got so much to grow. But I think, yeah, I think exactly what you were saying, Matt, his game appears at least in preseason to be a lot further than what we may have initially thought in summer school. Uh, what are your thoughts, Brandon? You know, I, I owe Nikola Jovic a huge apology. 
because um, I was not pumped about that pick. I think you, you could find the tweet where I told Matt that I did not think he was going to last into the season. I thought it would be a trade piece right away. Like, let's face it, the Heat don't care about their draft picks. They, don't, they, never, they never necessarily have. Like, aside from a few, you know, Dwayne Wade, for example, like Precious Achua is now playing for the Raptors, you know, and he would, right. that was a big deal pick at the time. So I figured with Kevin Durant becoming available and some of these big, uh, big disgruntled superstars becoming available, I didn't think he'd last until now. And like I said, I owe him a big apology because he looks freaking fantastic out there. Um, I think Miami found their four. Uh, I've never, you know, it's, I know it's a new era for big man and I knew it's, I know it's a new era for the play style and that kind of thing, but he's space as well. He has a great shot. He's uh, his basketball IQ looks fantastic. Um, usually, you know, I did not think, I thought he would go probably the way of Yurt this season and not get any minutes. I think he has made a case that you need, he's forced Spo to get him into the rotation, at least for a little bit. And I mean, to be fair, uh, as much as I don't care about preseason and don't like to make judgments, Kendrick Nunn did similar stuff like uh, just a couple of years ago, you know, averaged a couple 40 points games in the preseason. And this guy was, uh, you know, pretty much started with Dragic, uh, Dragic for, uh, for, good chunk of time um before, right. you know, ultimately falling off and uh you know now uh over at the lakers but uh still miami keeps finding these guys and uh every year i i you know i have some doubts and pat riley and uh annie ellisberg show me that i should not be doubting this team and uh here we go again <laughs> yeah and it's it, it truly is um astounding how they can manage to just pluck these these players out from from kind of out of nowhere almost um, speaking of uh, someone that came out of nowhere, Jamal Kane, this guy has also been playing really well, uh, solidly. He actually reminds me a little bit about, of, of Kendrick Nunn. Um, they went to the same college, but, but, uh, also because their workman like attitude with the game, it's a very serious, but also just a professional almost attitude with the game where, uh, you almost don't know if he's having a good game or not. Uh, but he makes him, he, he, he forces you to watch him. The way he moves off the ball, the way um, he scores, uh, he can score a corner three, but he can also uh, go inside and score. He's got a lot of different facets to the game. Um, what, what kind of a role do you see him playing uh, in the regular season? Do you think he can get regular minutes? Uh, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, he's making an argument out there. Uh, you know, there's a few, guy, a few guys on the roster right now that might not be there. Like, a, I think he's making a run at Haywood Highsmith's place on the roster, to be quite honest with you. And, uh, Right. You know, he's one of those guys who's just going out there and he's giving you a reason to play him. He's giving you a reason to sign him to these contracts to, you know, get the most out of the two-way deal and that kind of thing. So uh, certainly got the aggressiveness. He's very much a Miami Heat player just based off the uh, small sample size thus far. So, yeah, I could see him making an impact. I could see, you know, I you know, Spo always has his favorites, right? But it's like I could see him slipping into that slot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and these are two players that can we at a position of need. Um, what do you what do you think, Matt? Uh, is is this is this Jamal King guy for real, or do you think he's someone that maybe can give you some decent minutes here and there, and maybe you can also uh, stash him in the Sky Force to give him a little more seasoning? Or do you think uh, is this somebody that really? Yeah, okay, he has a two way contract, but you want him with the Heat as as much as possible. I think initially. He might start in Sioux Falls. Um, 
like the first thing that popped in my head when I when I've watched these couple preseason games again, I we always have to temper our expectations for what we see in the preseason compared to what we see in the regular season, just because it's it's not the same thing. But like like the first thing that popped in my head is like, all right, since he's on this two way, will he have like an impact like Caleb Martin did last year? who was on a two-way at the time and then eventually converted to a standard contract. But with the difference between Caleb and Jamal Cain, it was Caleb already had two years of NBA experience. And so we already had, he was, he was already kind of used to that game and used to the pace. And um, I mean, with Jamal, like he's, he's now, he's an undrafted rookie. So I think they still want to fine tune his game a little bit, but like, let's say there's, I mean, the thrill of the unknown, we won't know until it happens, but like, let's say a few like players catch COVID or like a player gets injured or whatnot, then I could easily see Jamal coming up and being like a back end of the rotation guy. Right, um, right. I mean, with him, it's like it, you're everything that you guys just like said, like the fact that he's this just high energy hustle rebounding guy. I mean, there's the old adage, the old basketball adage that the ball finds energy. And whenever he's on the floor, yeah. whether it's especially on the glass, like that ball, like the he just finds the ball, the ball finds him, like whatever way you want to go at it. Um, and so I definitely see him being like a potential, potentially like a back end of the rotation player. Um, if like a player goes down or two, I mean, anything can happen in an 82 game season, whether it's injuries or like whatever the case is. And so, I mean, we saw December, and January of this last year where, I mean, it was a weird NBA year all around, but like players were getting COVID left and right. And um, Miami had to sign a bunch of players to hardship contracts. And they were one of the teams that were badgered by it worse, but like, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen again, but who knows what will happen, whether it's injuries or whatnot. And so, uh, I mean, that's also just a testament to the organization um, that Jamal might start the season in the G league. If not, he'll probably be, like just a guy that just will just rack up DMPs possibly maybe get a few garbage minutes or two. I think they want to ease him. And I don't think they're going to throw him in the fire right away just because he is that undrafted rookie. But um, really with him, I mean, he's certainly impressed enough to where anything is possible. I mean, with none, he was already with the Warriors, I think for his first year, I think with the, I was either Warriors or Kings, I think. And then he came over to Miami and then he eventually like got playing time. Uh, as Brandon mentioned at uh, really his first like season of playing. And then like with like Omer, he signed, he was with the Thunder, I think, and then signed and got some minutes last year, but not, I mean, he he played in like 50 or so games, but not a whole lot with, with Jamal, I kind of seeing like a little bit of a smaller route. All right. A little um, little bit of a smaller role. Right. Right. And um, you know, he could, he could probably give you some, some minutes. I mean, that's somebody that we can definitely plug in. Um, but is there anyone else from the preseason that you think has maybe stood out? Uh, I like, I like Drew Smith. He's, he's giving you some good minutes. Um, anybody is, is stood out? Do you think anybody else can make a, a dent in this roster from the preseason? I mean, it's not that this, I mean, not that this player hasn't stood out before, but I've been kind of surprised with how good Duncan's been. And that's because we saw what happened towards the tail end of last year, how we get booted out of the rotation. Max eventually takes the starting spot. And that, I mean, you could just, you could tell like Duncan, I think was open about like, 
like at least towards he was trying not trying to cover it up but like he was he was saying like oh i'm still confident i still like he was still trying to stay positive but you can just tell it was there was something different um and so i've been i've been very surprised i'm not very surprised but i've been like it feels like just a new like 2019 20 duncan um coming in and i think i mean I was looking at it earlier today. He's hit 38% of his threes in preseason. That's including a game where he shot 0 of 6, and that was the first game. And these last three games, he shot nearly 50% from three. It just feels like a different Duncan that could potentially, I don't think he'll start to begin the season, but could at some point be a spot starter again, like if an injury spikes up or whatever the case is. Like, I think I've been surprised by him this preseason because I didn't expect him to be like, like look this good um, right. I mean we know what Duncan's been when he's when he's confident and like we know we know what he's capable of and when we saw it in game one last year against the Hawks he had 27 points or something like that with like eight threes just and then he didn't really have much after that um, but we know he's like when he's cooking with gas we know what he's capable of and I think that's an incredibly deadly weapon when you especially when he's coming off the end of your bench for 20, 25 minutes a night. I mean, I'm, of course we talk, we know about his defense and how it's, that's not always up to speed. I mean, he's prone to fouling, but offensively, if he can generate that gravity, generate that space, and we know what he's capable of on a night to night basis. And he need, if he's confident, the sky's the limit for him. And I think that's kind of what got lost in the off season, just because of what happened at the tail end of last year. So to see him play like this again, albeit preseason, it's certainly, it's certainly a breath of fresh air and hopefully something that could be utilized as we enter the regular season. Um, and as yeah. the season ages. Yeah. It's a reverse, yeah. I mean, man. he's, he's, he, he, he's, a, seems to be a more well-rounded player, at least on the offensive mm-hmm. end. He's, he's getting to the right. basket. He's not just shooting three. So if he can get to the, the rate mm-hmm. of shooting threes that he was a couple of seasons ago, then you have almost not an entirely new player, but, uh, a definitely uh, an important player in the rotation if, if the Heat can can somehow harness that and and use it throughout the season. Uh, any any other players stand out uh, for you, Brandon? You know, I try not to base too much of my opinion on preseason just because, like, you know, yeah. we're there. Every other team is testing the waters with their rookies and with their two way contract guys, so it's it's tough to really get a full picture of who's going to be who. Um, but yeah, Duncan has stood out, you know, Tyler in one of those games also stood out. He's like, he was looking legit, but, uh, I'm just hyped for Duncan revenge season. I think, uh, I think he got a bad rap last season, you know, for, for all the flack he took on Twitter, because, you know, um, as is the heat Twitter way, we pick a player to pick on every year and we don't stop until, until the end of the season. And Duncan was that guy last year. And, you know, for all the flack he took, he actually had a pretty good year, at least from three point percentage. And, you know, he would, uh, it was just, he was just inconsistent. So he'd, uh, you know, he'd have a great game and then he'd have a couple bad ones and then great game again. And uh, ultimately that got him removed from the uh, rotation towards the end. And Max was playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Played great. Miami will find a good shooter. It's just the way. Um, but he does look, uh, he does look a lot more well-rounded. His shot looks pretty much repaired. Um, Duncan will have a rotation spot again, uh, whether that leads to him starting again or whether that leads to him becoming an actual trade piece, you know, uh, down the stretch that remains to be seen. It's just nice to see him playing well again. And, uh, you know, 
Miami needs to find, you know, our fan base, our volatile fan base, as great as they are, we need to find a new player to pick on this year. And I, I'm just happy it won't be Duncan. I wonder who that player is going to be this year. I'm like, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not one of those people. At least I don't try to be one of those people because it's like, it's just this game is so hard. But um, yeah, he Twitter did do that a bunch last year just because he wasn't hitting oh, yeah. three, four, five threes a game at the, the efficiency that he was accustomed to, at least in the previous two seasons. But yeah, no, I'm just trying, not that we have to go into this discussion, but I'm just in my head thinking, like, who, all right, who's that player? I could for see some reason, for some odd reason, who's that player going to be this year? No idea. I, I could see, hopefully that's not the case, but I could see it being Lowry if, you know, he doesn't really, uh, yeah. you know, um, start, you know, right out of the gates being a, a, a great starting point guard. Then I'm sure questions will start coming up about his age or his fitness. Um, Can we talk about I hope, Kyle? I hope that's not the case. Of course. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I want to talk um, about Kyle and I also want to talk about Hero. Um, not Hero. Uh, who was it? But go ahead. Go ahead. Talk yeah. about, let's talk about him first. Kyle got so much flack at the end of last season um, because he had a couple off games in, in the playoffs when, like, let's face it, he didn't look like his groin was attached to his body. And I, <laughs> and I know I'm coming from Canada where Kyle Lowry can do no wrong. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, uh, he played really good basketball for the Heat last year. And he missed how many? It was almost 25 games due to the personal games, yep. reasons. Uh, and still, he came back and was the quarterback for this team. And really, when he was playing that offense, like, it went. You know, obviously, he was not the player we were used to seeing in the regular season during the playoffs. But, you know he gave some gutsy performances, especially down the stretch in that Celtic series, you know, and, you know, the dude could not, did not look like he could run whatsoever. And he was still putting up like amazing assist numbers and hitting some key buckets and that kind of thing. Like, you know, I wish we could respect Kyle Lowry a little bit more that way. And I, if the preseason workout uh, video shows anything, that guy has come back in heat shape. And right. I know he gave that interview where he was saying like, Oh, I don't listen to anything. Yeah. Like, I do. I do this for me. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, this was the same. This is the same stuff you've been saying on uh, TSN for the Raptors for the last like few years. <laughs> but you definitely felt the pressure a little bit and, I, I like Kyle Lowry a lot. I think he's a hell of a defender. I think he's a great leader on the team. And, uh, you know, I hope he I hope he can deliver an awesome season this year and, you know, a, f a full season. You know, I know he always misses. He's he's older. He's going to miss games to injury and that kind of thing. And it's he's the type of player that will get injured for making that hustle play. Uh, but, you know, he had those he had those gutsy performances, those warrior performances near the end of the season. And, uh, you know, Let's hopefully not pick on Kyle uh, this year. He's, he's an older <laughs> man. It's rude. Yeah, no, I think he, he could really a use a step back last year defensively, though. I mean, all, other than the charges. I mean, that's what I mean. I was. still think he was getting blown by a little bit more often. But no, I'm I'm completely with you on the fact that I think that at least I mean when you're operating with one hamstring, like once at, at 36, that's going to do. You're not going to be you're not going to look as good. Um, and that of course took away from his like aggressiveness on the floor. It, obviously his mobility, like it, it, it took like toll on him a little bit, but um, you're, you're right. Like at least I think he's only played like one or two preseason games, but he looks like he's moving a lot better. And hopefully that's something that could hopefully make him more durable throughout the regular season. But no, I'm, I'm right with you. I think he got a little bit too much flack um, again, because he only had one hamstring last year. And I don't think everyone contextualized that. 
um, for what that could do to a player at his size at 36. All right, guys. So another player that is also a bit of an enigma that I wanted to talk about, and and it's a testament to the Heat's depth that we haven't even really mentioned him yet. Oladipo. Um, he's looked good in certain spots. He's looked a little rusty, but he's looked good since last season too when he came back. Um, there was some some really good moments, especially defensively. There was times in the playoffs he was locking down as his 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 player. He just was. Um, do you guys think that this is really we're going to get all-star Oladipo back to his prime or something close to that? Because I think I think that he would be happy with just something close to that. Um, and as long as he stays healthy, um, this is a huge bonus for the for the Heat. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Matt? W- w- what do you think uh, he could bring to the to the Heat? I've written about this a couple of times for the site because I'm very I'm very bullish on Oladipo. Um, this is his first healthy off season since I think 2018 or 2017, 18. So it's been, a, it's been a while since we've seen like what a fully healthy off season Oladipo can do. Um, I don't think he'll necessarily be all-star Oladipo just because of the role that he'll have with Miami. But, um, I think I'm very bullish on his production, especially coming off the bench. I mean, yesterday was his preseason debut. He looked just moving. He looked spry. He looked fluid like he didn't look like he was like having any setbacks or anything like that like he looked good I mean the efficiency with Oladipo offensively shooting wise won't always be there and I think we've seen that in his first couple seasons with Miami but as a defender um, especially at the point of attack well I mean remember what we what we just saw from him I think it was maybe game six against Jalen Brown last year um, where it was either game four or game six like we've seen we've seen how athletic he is and how impactful he is on the defensive end when he even when he's not shooting the ball particularly well, I mean he had that twenty-three point game against Atlanta. Like he's capable of being a very efficient offensive scorer, and I, the ball and I think the Heat are expecting him to like have a bigger role with them this season. So I'm very bullish on his production. I think we'll if even if Miami gets like eighty percent, eighty-five percent of what we saw in 2017-18, um, within the where he averaged like twenty-three a game, he led the league in steals. Like I think Miami will take that seven days a week plus twice on Tuesdays. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's a question about it. I mean, I think his usage will be a little bit down comparatively to that year, but I still think he'll have a big time role um, with this offense as a playmaker, as an initiator. He's kind of filling in for what Tyler did last year in those bench units. I don't know if he'll exactly play 32, 33 minutes a game, I think they're going to be a little bit more cautious with them just because of the injuries that he's had in these last couple of years with the squad. But um, I'm still very bullish and high on what he can produce as a player. And I think the Heat are too, which I think, I think that's why we're hearing that he'll have a bigger role with them because they know, we know um, what he's capable of. And that could mean 16, 17 points a game with a steal and a half, uh, a few rebounds, four or five assists, like something like that. I think, I mean, on pretty good efficiency too. I mean, again, that's always not going to be there for him as we saw last night. But again, last night was just preseason, his first preseason game. But just in general, like he might not be Tyler with his efficiency, but I still think in other facets of the game, he'll be an incredibly impactful player. And I think we we all should like commend that and acknowledge that. Um, I think that he really like that and I sh- as they should like it because we I mean we've seen it in spurts 
Yeah, and, and Brandon, uh, do you think do you think Oladipo will have a, you know a huge breakout season, or do you think it might be another Heat player? I love Oladipo. I think he's the. I think he could be the X factor this year. I think um, Oladipo coming back and having his first full offseason in years. It probably influenced Miami not to go after some of the big agents. Um, I like I like that his contract's a little bit stretched out, so he'll be with the Heat more than more than just one season. Um, also, just seeing I know you're not supposed to judge players by their workout videos, but he does look <laughs> spry. Uh, Oladipo played 23 games last season. He played eight uh, regular season games and he played 15 playoff games. He averages steal or 1.3 steals a game in the in the postseason and. I mean, you guys can't deny the fact that there were some flashes of the Oladipo that you remember, you know? So this guy basically did rehab all season, uh, basically had a little a ramp-up of eight games where he only played 21 minutes uh, in on average, and then he went into the playoffs and playing 24.5 minutes a game and thrust into a key role without any ramp-up time. That's that's a hard ask, you know? And yeah, your, your shooting is going to suffer. I mean, he only shot 36% from the field, and his uh, three-point percentage crater to 27.7% from the 41% he shot in those eight regular season games, but he still had that athletic prowess. Uh, so because they have, so because of those flashes and because of the actual offseason, you know, and the ability to kind of get there and get your shooting touch again to get in those scrimmages and play those NBA level guys again, and, you know, finally get on the floor. I think we're uh, in for a big Oladipo year. I mean, uh, he he said himself, right? Right? It's the revenge tour, and then what was the hashtag? Everybody food. I really like that. It's good. It's good heat mentality. Um, I can see him having a really big year. Uh, I can see him returning, maybe not quite to the All NBA player he was in Indiana, but um, this guy uh, could return back to being one of the NBA's elite. Um, he'll certainly be better, I think, than his Oklahoma City year, uh, where he was uh, Westbrook's number two. Um, but I can see him doing something great. Um, we lost Matt, oh, eh? I think we lost Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. You got the link. Uh, probably some internet troubles. What do you think, sir? All right. Um, you watched, uh, yeah. you watched, uh, you watched uh, some of the preseason. <laughs> You've seen, obviously you saw the playoffs, Lola Depot and everything. Where do you think, what do you think he'll be this year? Do you think, you think he could crack the starting lineup? You know, and it's funny. I think we were. I was in my head thinking, what would the starting lineup be? Um, because it's it is tempting to put Tyler in there, and I get all the reasons why you'd want to feature him. I mean, you just signed him to a big contract. Um, I think he plays well with the other starters, but I I just like Hero out with the second unit, um, causing damage. Um, that's kind of I don't know. Maybe that's familiarity with his role. That's how it's always been. He's he's thrived with that, and and we've seen him start. And mm, it, I don't know. It, it it was okay. It wasn't like he's a completely different player. It's really just five people that start. It's and and Spo has said it a million times. It's who ends. Uh, and they have the depth where they can kind of mix and match these lineups. Um, but man, if wow, if Oladipo was at at that high level where he could start, that's a that's a scary defensive unit that you have there with Bam. Butler, Kyle, Oladipo. Uh, I'm, it, it's tempting. I, I mean, you never know. You never know because, I mean, it could happen with injuries and, you know, COVID-related absences, which incidentally, that was kind of my favorite part of the season last year was when when the Heat all of a sudden had players like Kyle Guy, Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers, are you kidding me? Return. Uh, yeah, I know. I, uh, I wanted him so badly to play uh, a home game. 
in front of the fans. Uh, but, but, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, you can plug in those players. And I don't know how important it is in the beginning to start them, but I think also psychologically, um, I think it's a, it's a, it's something that Tyler does want. Uh, and I'm not against, uh, Spo, you know, trying out different lineups earlier in the season, uh, to see what sticks. But hey, if Oladipo is healthy, I I would happily put him in the starting lineup. Keep Tyler in his familiar position, and, and then take it from there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's what Spolster's thinking or not. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how all these players fight for for because it is up for grabs. There's there's I see it as being a couple of spots in the starting lineup up for grabs, and it's really whoever ends up on top um, right now with the preseason going on. Absolutely. You know, uh, camp's always been about that for the heat. And I, uh, you know, I tried to stop predicting spell lineups back in 2015. <laughs> uh, and his rotation is always, always uh, being changed and uh, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I think um, that's what, you know, I wasn't at, I, I think most heat fans, uh, me included, weren't super hype uh, about, you know, the roster, like headed into the season, like losing PJ. I think a lot right. of the heat fans like PJ Tucker last year, you know, uh, you know, and then, you know, uh, Obviously, we didn't make uh, the whale move. You know, there's no Pat <laughs> didn't go whale hunting. You know, there was no Moby Dick this time around. No. Um, and you know, it's it's obviously you know you want to make that big splash. It's what it's what we're used to because we're a spoiled fan base. You know, um, the heat the heat are just uh, the epitome of consistency in professional sports, in my opinion. So uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like you know um, seeing that happen, and you know uh, seeing kind of nothing come out of like the disgruntled superstar thing. You know, I gotta trust the decision making, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see who, what this the starting lineup at the beginning of the season may not be the starting lineup in November. It may not be the starting lineup in February, and and you yeah. know we, it's it's always eight men deep pretty much in the playoffs anyway. So it's like, it's, it's going to be hard to get attached to him, but uh, yeah, I think there's going to be not infighting, you know what I mean? But there's going to be competitiveness for certain positions and stuff. And I could see, you know, it changing. Like, yeah, part of me wants Hero to start. Um, you know, I want him to get those minutes. I want him to, you want, I want him to start taking on that role and everything, but it's easy to forget that we're still in the Jimmy Butler era, you know, um, Bam and Tyler are the future of the heat. The money says so, you know, but it's yeah. like, we're in the Butler era, and if it's uh, if Oladipo is going to give Miami the best chance of uh, you know of winning and pushing them to uh, pushing them to uh, you know an extra an extra round of the playoffs and NBA Finals potentially, then then yeah, you got to run with them. And yeah, Tyler's in. Tyler was great in that off the bench role last year. He was sixth man of the year. It's easy to forget right. if he didn't have a huge playoffs, you know. And um, I also hate the oh Tyler hasn't proven it in the playoffs argument because he did it in the bubble. You know, in, yep. in, in his rookie season, he's uh, he's shown that he's capable, you know, uh, so it's just consistency. And you get that with age um, and you get that uh, refining your game and, you know, taking it to the next level. So I don't know. I'm indifferent. Uh, but this answer is probably a long rant in terribly ambiguous uh, for, for our <laughs> listeners right now. But uh, yeah, the fact of the matter is, it's like Sirius said, we don't know what the roster is going to be like and we don't know what the starting lineup is going to be. And I see it shifting a lot. I'm also really excited about certain players. I want to see Caleb Martin in a bigger role. You know, he seems to have altered his jumper a little bit. If he can do what he did last year from three, it would be amazing. And let's not forget about Yurt, you know, Um, for those games where Bam was hurt last year, Yurt was incredible. Uh, He was a must have fantasy player. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm sure, uh, I'm sure players in the betting world definitely want some money on him on prop bets, but um, he's looking like he could play next to Bam 
and uh and steal some minutes that way uh and you know and then obviously you got bam coming back all healthy no olympics so you know he's he's rested and ready to go and he's ready to prove the doubters wrong and get that defensive player of the year um, <laughs> that would be nice yeah that he could definitely use that um, oh absolutely i, I <laughs> we need uh we need to see bam as an all-star again like he's put up pretty right. much perennial all-star seasons uh since he was an all-star in uh i think it was 2019 right um and uh you know like he just he he barely misses it every year and like i think last year was just through uh through games missed mo- uh, more than anything but uh yeah i want to see the all-star again i want to see jimmy the all-star i want to see ban the all-star and you know what if you could uh you throw in oladipo or tyler hero the all-star there too uh, <laughs> I, think, uh I think he might be okay well i mean they they did kind of get snubbed last year I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. Uh, the All NBA teams as well. I mean, it's like did not did did the voters forget that Miami was a was a top seed? Did that Spo coach the All Star game? Yeah, I, I don't understand. But at the same time, that also says something about again about their depth, about them as a team. That it that it is hard for others to recognize the individual brilliance of these Heat players because they play so well within a system. Because uh, Spolster is such a well-respected coach, um, because because of the Heat culture, essentially. Um, so in that regards, uh, I, it is a team sport. Um, so you want the team as a whole uh, to just play well together. You don't want just somebody just jacking up shots and just uh, hogging up stats. Um, that's 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 those are lesser teams, in my opinion. Uh, the Heat aren't aren't really like that. The closest to that would have been maybe like the big three area era where the talent was just top heavy. But and going along with what you're saying, I mean, sometimes change for change sake isn't really doesn't necessarily make the team better. Uh, perhaps the internal growth, which we've seen, especially these last few years with their uh, youth development team. But I think within the team itself, we have players like Caleb Martin. Uh, Omer Yurtsevin. I'm I'm curious to see what he's going to be like. Uh, what what he's going to play like next uh, this season coming up. Um, how he's going to develop his game. And he was a double double machine. He was like he was like a son Whiteside uh, when <laughs> when when Whiteside uh, started with the Heat. He, he was pulling down rebounds like like it was nothing. And um, he's had some good moments also in the preseason. Um, that's somebody also that could surprise people down down the road, and 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 play consistently uh and hey if bam develops that three-point shot then that makes that pairing uh even more uh you know fluid yeah yeah well yeah you know uh jimmy's threes and bam's threes you know like uh, <laughs> i want to see them i want to see them be made you know what i mean you know uh i'm jimmy jimmy is the type of player who just constantly imagines that game seven shot because i'm sure he has ptsd about it more than we do and, uh, you know, um, there's a few sleepless nights, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From that one. So, uh, he's, I know workout videos aren't fair to judge a player by, but his shot looks good. Jimmy, you know, he looks yeah. like two to three again and then bam, throwing some up in preseason, mm. but very Chris Bosch, like just saying, yeah. And, you know, and, uh, hey, yeah. hey, Bosch developed that shot down here in Miami, you know, I mean, he, he did it in Toronto too, but he became, he became, uh, I don't know. I mean, Hey, he was the Raptors' uh, top scorer, rebounder, everything when he left. Uh, I, I mean, he, he had a huge impact with the Raptors. That goes without saying. But I think even here in Miami, he, he even grew his game. As did LeBron. 
I'd say Chris Bosh was probably the most underrated Heat player in the last 10 years, you know? Mm. It's like uh, the LeBron era, obviously, you know? And But when it was him and Wade, it's easy easy to forget that that Wade, Bosh, Dragic, uh, Joe Johnson team, you know, that really was uh, just a couple, like a game or two away from, well, uh, just game seven of the 70s, right? They were right there against yeah, the North Finals they were right th- years after LeBron left. And yeah. I was without Bosh. If Bosh never mm. goes down, and we could do a whole podcast on this. Uh, again, <laughs> yeah. Um, but if he doesn't go down, like Miami makes a real run that year. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame. It's a shame. I, yeah, yeah. He'd be great well, on a team like forward, this. Yeah, <laughs> we're looking forward to this season. I, I think, I think, uh, in a sense, this roster kind of has that same composition as the team that you were just mentioning. Yeah. A few, you know, borderline all stars. Uh, some a, a good collection of 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 solid veterans, and also an interesting several players in, in that youth uh, department where. You don't know what they're going to bring. You don't know uh, what what Jovic is going to bring, yeah. uh, or even Kane. Um, and and who knows? The sky's the limit as far as some of these players go in this in this system. Um, but I think I think we're going to leave it at here. I got uh, I, I got one have... more question for you, Syria. Didn't we get okay. wrap it up? Um, you've seen so many Heat teams, and you've been up close with a lot of different Heat teams from you know before the Big Three era to pretty much now. Yeah. What does like what Heat team does this team and roster composition remind you of the most? Is it is it that 2015 2016 Heat? Is it a different one from earlier? Um, what what do you what do you think? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, wow, I'd have to think about that one. I think I think that we're gonna have to leave it for the next episode. That's okay, that's a great okay. question because off the top of my head, I'm thinking yes, I'm thinking that one that that team. I'm also thinking the year before the heat acquired LeBron and Bosch, that was also an interesting team as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to, that's, I think that's a great topic. I think that's something that we can, we can go more in depth with. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to think about that uh, and, and uh, Hey, you know, it, it, it is hard to tell though. It really is hard to tell because uh, as we were discussing earlier in the podcast, um, this roster is kind of up in the air a little bit. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there's another Kevin Durant down the pipeline that says I'm done with this team I want out and the Heat are always always in the in a four or five team short uh, list of teams that this star wants to go to it always happens um, and Pat Riley's always listening so <laughs> so he would he, he, wheeling and dealing it, it, it's not like it stopped right now during the off season it will continue to the to the deadline I, I think um, maybe not a huge move. But there's going to be some roster tweaking here. Oh, yeah. Something's always on the horizon. The Miami's always going to make a move to make them better. Um, you know, and Pat Riley, uh, it's not going away until he gets that next ring. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully he retires soon and, and, and the Heat get that ring. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad way, Pat. You can stay as long as you want. Uh, but it. we're going to leave. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap up this first episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I want to thank Matt and I want to thank Brandon. I want to thank all you readers out there that are listening to this podcast, that visit the site, uh, that root for the heat. Uh, We'll be here every step of the way, every bounce of the ball, uh, every game. We're going to be there with recaps, analysis, insight. And uh, I can't wait to uh, uh, record the next episode. I had a really good time. Thanks uh, thanks for putting this all together, Brandon. Hey, Hey, thanks for having me, Syria. This was a blast. We'll, uh, We'll get the next one up as soon as possible. All right. Sounds good. See you guys.